This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Channel 6 News with Shane Meridu and Leslie Cox, Big McLarge Huge with Sports, and introducing Anastasia Ruiz Johnson. In other news, on the last night of our recent storms, there was a riot at the Odlum State Prison. During this incident, four prisoners in the psychiatric ward were injured and hospitalized. While three of the prisoners have emerged from their comas, the fourth, tragically, has passed away from what authorities are calling an embolism brought on by some form of brain trauma. That man, Todd Rudolph, was 42 and is survived by his sister, Aileen Rudolph. Tragic. Tragic. In lighter news, the Palmetto City Animal Shelter is reminding residents that if they're interested in adopting a dog, all the dogs that were surrendered two weeks ago... During the worst of those storms. Oh, the absolute worst. All dogs surrendered two weeks ago to the Palmetto City Animal Shelter have to be adopted by tomorrow due to the surge of people surrendering the dogs after that storm. I remember when my neighbor's Shih Tzu went wild. Terrible, terrible breed. Well, Shane, apparently they need to be adopted by tomorrow or... <clears throat> you know, when I was a kid, they called it the pound. Those dogs got pounded, they would say. They don't say that anymore. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. And we kind of zoom out and uh, Ashton Green has been watching this on TV as he's um, kind of going about his business. I think he's kind of looking down at his arm where he has those bites on his arm to remind us that he was bitten by uh, someone in our last uh, episode. He's kind of looking down at that and the bruise is gone, but he has like these kind of two almost small scars or scabs that he's maybe like fingering on his arm. And uh, we kind of see past the window and like out uh, in front of his apartment building kind of staring up at his window is this large kind of mangy dog that might be a coyote or it might be a wolf and we kind of stares we kind of stare at it and stare at it and get closer and closer and cl see that it's clearly looking up at his window and uh, we see him fingering these uh, bite wounds again and we just hear like in the distance like oh We have a shot of sundry charms and he's kind of got his clothes together. He's maybe hanging, um, he's maybe like in a car and he's going to give dark blade 69 a call. And so I think that Lee and Alex, this is possibly where we have this, um, this contact between, um, Sundry and Darkblade where Sundry's asking Darkblade those questions and so I know in the past we had said we were going to do this via text but maybe we could just do this like over the phone via like a series of phone calls where like over the course of X amount of time you guys talked to each other and found this stuff out sure um, where Sundry is interested in basically trying to find out information about, about Mr. Heck especially so we see um, Sundry kind of like in the car and he's like listening to messages and maybe talking to people on the phone. And the PI that Sundry had hired to look into Mr. Heck was essentially able to confirm at least some of the stuff that Sundry found out at the hospital. If you bring up to that PI that like, hey, you know, um, I think that this person was involved with uh, this car this uh, guy named Harry or Harold Stone, who was a patient at Palmetto City General Hospital. You can find out that uh, a man named Harold Stone had been a in a car accident in the late 80s that paralyzed him from the waist down. After a few years of drug and alcohol abuse, he was suddenly able to walk again mm. and almost viewed as a miracle. And it worked out because he was a very successful chemist. He made a lot of money with drug patents and all of this stuff. 
um, involved in like the scientific field, but, and your private investigator will kind of tell you, however, it's kind of believed uh, that he had been the person who did some of the research that kicked off the meth problem in the United States. Um, and that th this guy was responsible for that. that. Like he wasn't a meth dealer or anything like that. He wasn't a meth cook, but that he was the one who essentially created some of these formulas to make it so easy for people to create this on their own. And um, well, he had become extremely wealthy in the late eighties and early nineties, uh, he spent the last 20 years. So essentially all of the, the 21st century as a recluse. And, um, when he arrived at the hospital, it was thought that he'd been alone for at least four to five years living in a mansion in hammock Heights, uh, which is a kind of suburb of Palmetto city, um, with this mansion that had all the windows blacked out. And this guy died at Palmetto city general hospital, the day that sundry was admitted to the hospital and uh the the one of the big things is that your private investigator can't find anything on this character that you're talking about so you keep telling him about like oh there's this guy um he goes by heck he is wearing this he's like dressed in all black he wears a black stetson cowboy hat he's blah 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 and this your private investigator just tells you basically like I can't find anything about that. Mm -hmm. And so I think Sundry might, in confidence, contact Darkblade about this to ask if he can find anything else. Um, I think Sundry might contact Darkblade and kind of like in confidence, ask him, you know, while you're, and essentially this questioning, while Darkblade is doing this research and trying to find this stuff out for Sundry, this would be while Sundry is on vacation or is recovering um during our previous mystery so like theoretically dark bleed was looking into some of this information and sharing the results with sundry but not with the other pcs essentially does that make sense okay yeah so dark blade does that sound good to you alex yeah and okay. he's not meeting with him in person he's, he's doing this by phone I imagine you guys are just talking on the phone. Um, I, had, I had suggested that we do this via text, but I think you guys could just have like a series of phone calls that are super brief about this. Okay. And so uh, what do you think it would initially sound like when Sundry would contact Darkblade about like, hey, I need you to look into this shit. Mm, okay. And I, need to, and I need you to keep quiet about it. Sorry, I just keep burping because I'm just a fat slob. Um, hey Herbert, uh, I mean, Mr. Darkblade, I, I got a favor to ask you and I'm, uh, not too proud about it. So, uh, friend, you can keep this on down low. Oh, what kind of favor? All right. Uh, the kind that just requires some discretion. All right. Well, you have my discretion before I do anything or agree to do anything, I need to get a better idea of what I'm going on board for. There's a man that's been following me around. We're gonna write a new, we're gonna write a new Billboard uh, Top 100 single? No, I got that in the bag. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe a remix or something down the road if uh, all goes well. But, um, no, this requires your uh, unique set of skills. So uh, followed by this man, uh, last name of Heck. I don't even know his first name, but he knows all these details about me and uh, had a PI look into him and uh, uh, he ain't turned up nothing. But uh, this guy showed up at the hospital and uh, supposedly uh, donated blood in, uh, in my name. Uh, and like I said, knows, knows details about my... Uh, my music history and other things uh, that are far from public and just kind of has me short by the short hairs at this point. It's kind of, so you, I mean, is he a groupie? No, this guy, uh, this guy's the opposite of groupie. He like owns bands. 
owns people. Hmm. All right. What does he look like? Well, uh, and Sandria describe him. He's like a, well, I, I don't know, like tall, dark, uh, where's this dark Stetson? Any other details I should, uh, know about? Well, so I think in regard to this guy's, um, I think actually in regard to how this guy looks, that would actually be a good aspect that uh, maybe Sundry has a hard time describing him. He can describe him as wearing all black. He can describe him as dark, but he might mean like dark in demeanor. Mm. Um, he can maybe describe him as, you know, like drinking or having a deep voice. Got it. It's Austin Smith. It's me, baby. Sold it for you. Yeah, you know me. I'm always wearing that Stetson hat, that big belt buckle with the big mouth Billy Bass on there that goes, if you like swimming in the water. And yeah. All right. So, I mean, his name is clearly old contract that I signed. And uh, he gave me this year watch named with the brand uh, Morningstar on it. Never heard of that before. The mm. damnedest thing. It's got these date numbers on it that just seem to count down. Are you, uh, now, if you're asking me to find a guy, I assume it's because there's something off about him. Um, otherwise, you'd be asking Mr. Welker. That's right. This guy's blackmailing me. Okay. Um, now, were you, were you a Christian when you were raised, Sundry? I mean, uh, we went to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. But as you so, know, I'm not a good man. It's just, uh, you know, off the top here. Man in black, morning star. Heck, sure sounds a bit, a, a bit infernal. And has there been anything that has led you to believe that he could, he could know things about you or have power over you that no person should be able to have over you. Oh, let's, let's, let's pause there for a second with that question, kind of like sticking in Sundry's mind. And then, um, could one of you guys, honestly, either person, uh, go ahead and make a sharp roll. So whoever, whoever you think it would be more important, whether it be, Darkblade doing the research or Sundry getting Darkblade to do the research? I got a 12. 12 is pretty damn good. All right. So. I, I natural 12. This is a 13 altogether, I think. All righty. All right. So. Okay. So Darkblade, this is the info you're able to give to um, Sundry. So you're able to call him up at another time. This is like a little bit later, maybe a couple days later, maybe a week later, something like that you were able to get into the security footage from the hospital. And um, one of the things that you were able to find was this name, Harold Stone. And you were able to watch uh, the security footage around the room connected to Harold Stone. This guy that Sundry had mentioned that this dude, Mr. Heck, came in with into Palmetto City General. Here's the deal. Harold Stone didn't come in with anyone. He came in entirely alone. Um, period. He's alone the entire time. There are nurses and doctors and whatever who deal with him. Um, that guy theoretically is alone to the point where people wheel him out as a corpse. The other info that you're able to find is... That's the guy who donated the blood? No, the guy who donated the blood is supposedly this Mr. Heck character who was a friend who came in with Harold Stone. No one came in with Harold Stone. Here's the other thing. You're able to find the info for uh, for Sundry. And you're able to try to find, um, not try to find, you're able to find footage of Sundry's, near Sundry's room and near this other stuff. And there is no transfusion and there's no um, there's no transfusion equipment or anything like that that ever occurs 
to go to Sundry Charms. So Sundry's a liar. He's just well, made on, it all up. On the record, right. so you did. So based on all that role, that based, yeah, based on that role that you found, it was a bad there's, dream. There's a record of Sundry Charms getting a transfusion, but in the time that he's there, there doesn't seem to be any equipment. Like nobody brings in bags of blood or other stuff like that that would suggest that there had been a transfusion yet in his records there is a there's evidence that suggests that there had been a transfusion so that's that's one of the things is that like it says it on paper but you can't find any of this on the uh in the the video recordings of the security fo footage So you can share that with Sundry if you would like. I will share that with Sundry. There you go. Well, Mr. Darkblade, um, I don't know what to tell you other than to trust me. So I had, I had a uh, transfusion. Well, Austin, do I remember having the transfusion? You don't remember having the transfusion, uh, but you remember the, uh, the doctor telling you, uh, like, you definitely did have a transfusion, and it was from this person's friend. And do I remember that, that doctor's name? Um, sure. What was that doctor's name? Dr. Brown. Dr. Powell Brown, which is an interesting name for a woman, but her name is Powell Brown. And, uh, yeah, you can remember her, Sundry, telling you. Sundry can remember waking up and talking to a nurse and the nurse bringing in Dr. Brown and Dr. Brown, an older woman uh, with glasses kind of explaining, hey, you know, we need, you have an extremely rare blood type. If you could please donate your blood, it would be really, really helpful. Somebody donated blood and saved your life. Um, essentially, if you could get clean and donate your blood, you would be saving lives on the regular and it would be so helpful to us and to convince you to do that, she was able to share that information about um, uh, Harold Stone with you. That that was the, that Harold Stone's friend was the person who donated this blood. But in the hospital records, there's nothing about that. And Sundry remembers looking at the the handwritten like. Um, medical records. Yeah. And he remembers seeing stuff about a transfusion. But now there's nothing like that Darkblade can find. Hmm. Well, I'm telling you, Darkblade, it, I, I talked to that doctor. Uh, she showed me some charts. She told me this happened. And that's that's how it is with this guy. You know, I bet you if you tried to dig up that record contract, it'd be the same way. Guessing it's not filed with the clerk of court. Does Sundry still have a copy of his record contract? Yeah, definitely. But it, it all just came down to like Morningstar in the end, right? Yeah, like Morningstar Records Associated or something like that. Yeah. He's right. like, I don't want to waste your time, but that, no, it's that not a waste of time. Book. This is really, really interesting. And um, also, um, I want to help you, Sundry. So I really feel bad about. I mean, I'd want to help you, period, but I really feel bad about how things went down with Wear Panther, and I feel like I really screwed things up and got you shot. So, the least I can do is help out with this. Well, I appreciate with that dark plan, but uh, I'm guessing with the way my luck's been going, uh, that shooting had nothing to do with you, everything to do with this piece of shit. How would um, how would Sundry ask Darkblade to keep this stuff quiet from the rest of the crew? Well, I mean, at the beginning, he said, uh, keep it on the down low. I'm being blackmailed, that sort of thing. In terms of like how you would incentivize him, I don't know. I don't think you need to incentivize him, but just to kind of like further hammer that home of like, hey, keep this on the down low, but not just generally, like including from Welker and Ashton, people who theoretically yeah. would also be trusted. What's the like oomph that he throws in at the end of like, even if he just has to straight out, flat out say it? I think he'll just say like, um, 
Look, I know we work closely together as a team, but uh, I, I feel I can only trust you on this one. Well, you don't have to worry about um, this. will stay between us. Um, I want you to. I want you to let me know if you see this guy again. Um, I, I can keep uh, looking into this and seeing if there's anyone else who any other resources that would be anonymous who could help out. But as far as the team goes, they're not going to know any peep about this. All right. Thank you, Herbert. How you want? You don't at all, buddy. Nice. And so as uh, as Sundry ends that call, um, that probably that inf- that conversation had gone on uh, o- gone on over the course of several phone calls. Where is Sundry at the last phone call of that? Where he like has that last conversation of like, hey, again, keep this on the down low with Darkblade. Mm, how long has it been since uh, his hospitalization? A week, two weeks at the most. Mm, so he's donating blood. Okay, so yeah, so he's like, oh, he's either at a hospital or at like a blood bank, blood mobile kind of a thing. Yeah. And so he's he's hanging up, and he's uh, there's a nurse who's like, all right, honey, I'm going to need you to squeeze on this thing here so I get these veins to come on out. Another drill. Yeah, and we see him doing that, and so his veins, his veins. Uh, he, he, he takes a belt out and uh, wraps it around his arm like he's and about to get up heroin. Yeah, and she's like, uh, "We got it, we got it, <laughs> baby. we got it." <laughs> and oh, um, this ain't nothing like last time I did it. Yeah, and I think he looks at, and if he's in like a, um, like a blood mobile kind of situation, he's kind of seated in that weird dentist chair kind of deal. And the lady's kind of going toward his left arm to do this. And he's trying to take out a belt to do it himself. And she's like, no, honey, we got this. And um, she puts it in there. And it's kind of like we see his blood flowing into the bag to be donated. And um, he's kind of staring out the window for a moment. And when he looks off to the side or looks over to the side, like as in on the at the person across the aisle on the bloodmobile bus, of course, it's Mr. Heck. And he's sitting there. Time that we both go fishing for the same game, son. And I think that's where we kind of cut away from that. Um, Ashton and Darkblade, this is kind of a message that you guys get that could develop into a scene, possibly. But you guys were supposed to meet with uh Mirzad Pushanchi, um the guy from the Lore Corporation who Ashton has met uh the guy who was played by Jackie Earl Haley but you guys had a meeting scheduled with him where he was going to come to town and maybe the day before he canceled he had his assistant called and was like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Pushan Chi can't meet with you. He's suffering from um, health problems. He's had some health issues. He can't he can't meet with you. I'm sorry. Did he say what purpose the meeting was about or? Hmm. Yeah, that's actually the deal. Why he wanted to meet with you was a was a question. And he specifically contacted Ashton and told Ashton to have to obviously with Ashton and Darkblade to meet him. Mr. Welker was not included in that conversation, Ashton. Hmm. But then so, he, I guess, canceled it suddenly. Yeah, but then he canceled it. And said like, oh, it's uh, health problems he can't. Or health issues hmm. he can't. Well, speaking of Ashton, we have Ashton at his apartment. So, Ashton, you have, let's say that this is, oh, fuck. All right. This is Friday morning. Tonight is supposed to be that big um, opening at the museum. So this is Friday morning. So it's been a couple of days since the last game.
It's been a couple of days since the last episode, and Ashton wakes it's been up. About a week. And it's it's Friday. He's getting ready. He's doing his thing. Um, Ashton, in the last few days, you've been feeling shitty. Um, waking up has been hard. Like waking up in the morning has been really difficult. A lot of times uh, your alarm will go off and you'll hit snooze a bunch of times or you'll stop your alarm and then later on Mr. Welker or whoever will have to call you if you guys are supposed to meet up um, or whatever's going on. Like, Or you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh shit, it's like 10.45 a.m. I was supposed to be doing something at 8 kind of a deal. Oh, like wow. you're, you're having yeah. a hard time waking up um, in the last two or three days. You're also having a very hard time going to sleep. So throughout the day, you felt lethargic, like just super like, uh, like you're dogging it all day long. Like every day, maybe you're trying to drink coffee to stay awake or energy drinks to stay awake. And the whole day, you're just kind of dragging ass the whole time and you feel shitty if you look at yourself in the mirror you're like man I look tired that's what's been going on um, for the last couple days and Friday morning there is a uh, there's a, a knock on the door or a ring at your or a ring of the bell or whatever it is. Someone's at the door. Yeah. I'll answer that door. Yeah. So somebody knocks at your door. And when you answer it, there's a man who is in like kind of a security guard uniform. Um, he's a, he's a white man in his probably like forties, maybe fifties. And he's got blonde hair. That's a little bit messy. And, uh, he's got just straight up. You can see it right away. Big ass fake teeth. Like these are some mm -hmm. Joe Biden ass chompers that this guy's got. And he's like, he's like, they start bleeding. Yeah. They, yeah. And I was those chompers, Mr. Vice President. Uh, but yeah, so this guy's like, like, oh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Green, how are you? You're going to get to see me talk out of the side of my mouth a lot for this character. Oh, fun. He's like, yeah, Mr. Um, uh, no, he, he, he doesn't call you by name. He's just like, like, Oh, uh, Hey there. How are you? Yeah. And I think, uh, especially if he's just been really tired ever since how, however long last couple of days, as yeah. just like, uh, yeah. Can, uh, uh, I mean like, can, can I help you? Uh, yeah, there. And this guy I would describe as 1990s Gary Busey. So 1990s Gary Busey is at your door with his giant fake ass teeth. And he's like, Hey, listen, uh, sorry to pry. I don't mean to, I don't mean to bug you. I know. Listen, you, you look like you just woke up. I'm sorry to, sorry to bother you. Are you, uh, you seen a guy? He's about yay tall. He's, uh, he's got kind of this look to him. He's usually wearing a shirt with a cat on it. And he describes the homeless person who normally wears a cat T-shirt. Um, but he like kind of goes at length to describe this guy. And he's like, you seen this fella? I mean, we're just trying to help him out, trying to look for him. I mean, we used to be helping him out here at the uh, at the uh, at the uh, <laughs> helping him out for, at, at the charity. And we're trying to make sure that we can find this guy and 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 help him. But we ain't seen him. We ain't seen him for a while. And now we're trying to make sure that we can find him. Hmm. And let's see. So read a person's a thing in this this version, right? Yes, you might like it is. And try and see if he has the best intentions for this cat boy or not. Sure, you have based on your powers, you are able to move past the glint from his fake teeth and actually read him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a sharp roll, I assume. Yes. Well then, an eight. An eight. Okay, so you get to ask one of the read a person questions. And I think we've been using just the standard uh, Apocalypse World questions. Uh, is your character telling the truth? 
I'll answer that more nuanced than yes or no, because yes or no is just boring. So is your character telling the truth? Yes. He is looking for this person. No. Um, it's not for a charity. So this guy's this guy's trying to find um, the homeless man that would normally wear a cat t-shirt. The exact homeless man who bit Ashton uh, oh, yeah. uh, a couple of days ago. This man's looking for him, but he is looking for him for some purpose other than what he's claiming, which is like, oh, I'm, I'm working for a, we're for a charity. You know, we're trying to help homeless folks in the area, and we're trying to just make sure everybody's doing okay. And I, I ain't seen him in a while, so I'm trying to make sure that this guy's doing all right. And uh, again, he's wearing like a kind of security guard uniform that makes it if you looked at this guy in passing, you'd think he was a cop, but up close, it's very easy to see he is not. Yeah. So knowing that, I think he's uh, Ashton just as a uh, just kind of squints, just like, all right, well, uh, why are you looking for him now? He's like, oh, well, you know, uh, we've been we've been want want to check up on make make sure that everybody in the area is doing all right, and uh, I, mean, I think since he's maybe. Uh, since he's more tired and cranky than usual, he's like, why don't you cut the bullshit and tell me why? And he's like, oh, well, listen, this guy, uh, he's like, listen, kid. And he kind of gets like, he almost matches your aggressiveness level. Mm -hmm. He's like, listen, kid, this guy's been real. Uh, this guy's been a real piece of shit lately. And we want to make sure everybody's safe, including little punks like you. So we don't want to, we don't want to see anybody get fucked up. Or anything like that. So if you've seen this guy, if you let me know, I'll make sure that he doesn't come here and try to take your... Uh, and he just points out whatever is nearby. He's like, you're... You're dying... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, you're dying a uh, succulent plant. He's like, he doesn't take this dying succulent and shove it up your ass. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like you have uh, the best intentions in mind. What's your name, officer? And he says, here, if you see this guy again, and he describes the guy again. Uh, oh, yeah. Asher knows that, exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, but he he describes the person. He doesn't know you know that. So he describes right, the person right. again, and he gives you a card. And his name is, he's got a very Stanley name. His name is Lucas Locke. Very good. Mm -hmm. And he is um, an employee of the... Palm Coast Natural History Museum. Palm Coast? Mm hmm And that is the big museum that Ashton lives only like a block away from. The Palm Coast Natural History Museum. Yeah, okay. So he's like, um, uh, is this some kind of anthropological thing? He'll say this guy's been this guy's been giving people a real hard time lately. We just want to make sure that he gets some help and that he doesn't bother anybody else, including folks like you who live nearby here, real close where somebody might bother him. So I want to make sure that you're safe and that this guy gets, you know, that he gets the help that he needs because a guy like this, he's probably going to need some help. So if you've seen him, why don't you give me a call? Yeah, and I think Ashen's just like kind of hates this guy for lying to him. He's like, yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, and I think this guy, um, I chose Gary Busey for a reason. This guy seems a little, like, too intense about this situation. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, uh, what's the thing, what's the thing that this guy, you're going to close the door on this dude, and you're like, I'll let you know. And this guy does one thing at the end of that conversation that you're like, yeah, that guy's a weirdo. What's that thing that he does? Oh, man. I don't know. That, that's good. Um, if a person came like to your door, like, if a person came to your door and like was like, I'm yeah. just here for the census. And then you were like, I don't know if you were here for the census. What's that thing that they did that freaked you out? He took off his boots before he knocked. And then as he goes <laughs> barefoot oh. at the door. <laughs> Is it something like a like aggressive is what you're aiming for, Austin? It could it could be that or it could be creepy. 
Well, that way it's like he might have to come into your house. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, if it was aggressive, the first thing I was thinking of is he just like knocks over that succulent plant. Like you just hear it like shatter after the door closes. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah, you, if you, you, if you can think of something weird, go for it. Sure. You close the door and you hear this guy very clearly just knock over shit. That was like right outside your door. Yeah. I think like a tiny little like terracotta, pl- like a pot. It's just like shatters it. Oh yeah. You're looking through the peephole and he just takes the thing and just smashes yeah. it against the peephole. And you're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like unnecessarily yeah. aggressive. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. that's this guy's behavior, and he just wa- and he and he does the thing where he like kind of looks around and then he walks he walks away. So that was the man who just came to your door. Mister Welker, I think you get a call from Mister Bishop. And this is the first time you've heard from him in probably like a month. And like since you and probably since you and Ashton did that uh, training exercise with him. Yeah. And all I know is that Cross had her suspicions. However, I think she's with the police and he has been uh, out of communication. That's what she has said. And you haven't been able to. Yeah. Yes, he has. You haven't been able to get a hold. If you had tried to get a hold of him, you couldn't. Got it. I'll say, Mr. Bishop, uh, what can I do for you? Welker, listen, I got a lot of fires I got to put out up north. That museum near you guys, the Palm, the, the Palmetto Coast fucking whatever it is museum. Listen, keep your eye on that thing. We got you tickets to that, right? Did you get those? I did. All right, good. Make sure you keep your eye on that place. We had a team out in Romania where they got that most recent thing. That team didn't come back. I tried to go out there and I couldn't find shit and things went bad. I'm trying to find things out. You need to keep an eye on that. You hear me? My eyes are always open, Mr. Bishop. Or am I looking Good. for anything in particular? Could you make a sharp roll? Sharp roll? I got a nine. A nine. Okay. And he'll tell you he's like he's like, we had a team we had a team investigating a investigating an old castle in Romania or the the remnants of an old castle in Romania. Something was out up there. Something was going down up there. We didn't know what it was. We sent a team out there to find out what was going on. Somebody beat us to it. Our team didn't come back. I tried to join them out there and shit went south pretty quick. Unfortunately, on my end, I wasn't able to join him before some of, apparently, a bunch of shit got shipped to you. So luckily for us, you've got this stuff in your backyard. Keep an eye on it. I'll be down there as soon as I can. But keep your eye on this shit. Again, I got a fire I got to put out up north. Understood. Let's have our characters get together. Um, it is Friday. Uh, oh, yeah, baby. It is Friday after um, Lucas Locke talked to Ashton. So I think that this is uh, like late morning, maybe 11 a.m., maybe noon even. And the whole team is getting together. Are you guys getting together at the usual Pancake Depot? Yeah, of course. All right, time for lunch slash late breakfast. It's brunch time, baby. Brunch time, baby. So we see uh, Lurleen Delwood. She's there. Uh, When you guys, the first of you shows up, she finishes her cigarette. She puts it out, goes inside. It's her and the one cook and everything's everything's set up. What's her name? Lurleen Delwood. Lurleen. I'm begging to you, please, pancake, my man. But she's just like, please, I ask you to stop doing that to me. Yeah. It, and we're all just singing it like in unison. Right. I think that this was, 
Um, I think that this was the uh, the waitress who earlier was like, I love your eyes. My son has those eyes. This is that same waitress. So she has, she is essentially every time you go there, she is the singular waitress at the Pancake Depot. She's the day shift waitress. Hey, Ler Lerlene, for the usuals, if you don't mind. Oh my God, I'm starting to talk like Sundry. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's a contagion. <laughs> it's been very hard for me not to make almost every character Southern. Yeah, I had to do my... Yeah, during my scene with Sundry, I really was making a conscious effort to not do that. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if there's like studies on like what's like the, the the stickiest accent. Scottish. Really, you think so? Oh, it's, yes. I I kind of agree with that. There's huh. a lot of. I for myself, I have a hard time. If I'm trying, to, I often bleed. No. Mine is Australian. I bleed into Australian, like cartoon Australian. Oh, that's true. But that's the laziest accent in the world. I it's, feel like Southern for, to me is like the ultimate, like, I hear it once. I'm going to be talking something for the next five minutes. I can do a Southern accent and stick with it. But if I'm trying to do a British accent or an Irish accent or a, uh, if I'm trying to do leprechaun Irish, I can be fine. But if I'm trying to do like not leprechaun Irish, I'm or Cockney British, I'll like, slip into Australian. For me, if I try to emulate anything from roughly about a third of the world's area, it just becomes Borat, the great accent killer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, yes. Yeah. Yes. By the way, uh, this this mystery is scheduled to possibly have some of the most accents we've encountered so far. All of them sounded like this. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm making a pizza with mummy bones. <laughs> we have hand party. I made werewolf brain pizza. Yeah. So, all right. So you guys are, <laughs> you guys are at the Pancake Depot. Uh, David seems to. Up oh, there he is. Okay. So you guys are at the Pancake Depot. Um, I don't know who arrives first, but it honestly isn't super important. So Wacker will have been there for a while, flipping through papers as usual. Um. And have we all determined that we are all going to this thing? You now all have invites. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, all of you are at the Pancake Depot. You're at, honestly, your usual spot. It's noon or 1 p.m. or something like that. Um, there's maybe two other groups of customers in here. And uh, between Lurleen, Lurleen Delwood, the... Uh, the waitress slash day manager of the Pancake Depot, and uh, Virgil Sutherland, the cook. So Lurleen Delwood is the uh, the day manager and waitress of the Pancake Depot whenever you guys go there, and the cook is a guy named Virgil Sutherland, and he's kind of like a bigger guy. He's got a bunch of tattoos, and he's he doesn't say much. Lurleen usually tells him, like, let me get this, 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 and this. And he's just like, all right. And he just cooks those things. That's he's got it. a tattoo. Big tattoo on his arm. Possum tattoo. And he yeah. communicates in a series of chirps and whistles. Yeah, exactly. He just farts in Morse code. And, and no one's yeah. ever seen his face. Yeah. <laughs> he's covered in a mask of hash browns. Anyway, but so you guys are there. And... Uh, Lurleen Delwood just took everybody's order. We hear it like around the table where Mr. Welker's like uh, some of the usuals. And she's like, let me guess this, 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 and this. Well, I say, Lurleen, I asked for the usual because I know you don't have to guess. All right. Sounds good to me. No problem, honey. You're a peach. Oh, thank you. Good to see you back. And she looks at Sundry. Yeah, just wink at her. And she's like them eyes, and she'll she'll head she'll head back, and she'll tell uh, she'll tell Virgil she'll be like Virgil, it's gonna be this 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 and this you know these fellows usual, and um, he's like all right, he he barely he like makes a he says okay or all right, but it's like all right, kind of like growled, and he's just cooking this shit um, while you guys can get your chance to chat. And essentially, you have your privacy. There are other people here, but if you talk, unless we're in the private at the Waffle House, yeah, you guys are in the men's or room. The, You're the sitting over the toilet. 
Yeah. Yeah. You've turned the usual toilet camera off. All right. So um, Walker would be like, uh, gentlemen, good to see you all again. Um, as you know, the event is tonight. Now, I've been asked by Mr. our good friend, Mr. Bishop, to keep a particular eye out. He's worried that some merchandise from Romania may make an appearance. He seemed concerned about it. Didn't say why. Um, but I suppose that's on us to figure out. And he says, uh, now, as you know, I know most of our work is done sort of casual-like, but this is a gala, so we need to all be looking our best. And I'll look, look around the table, and uh, when I see Mr. Green, I'll be like, um, uh, Ashton, you're, uh, Mr. Green, you're... Um, you 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 might uh you gonna be uh you gonna be good for tonight? Maybe he was like nodding off at that point. He's like, uh, yeah, mm, yep, yep. And that's and that's a great point. Ashton looks rough, like he looks tired. I'll say, I'll say and Walker will say, um, the lady keeping you up, huh? Um, yep. Okay. Um, you know, turn to the rest of the team and be like, um, and, yeah, I think Ashton's like, uh, uh, did, did we get some coffee or is that coming? Oh yeah. Sorry, hon. Hold on. Hold on one sec. And, um, Lurleen, no, Lurleen will, she'll, she'll come over. It only takes her a second, but she comes over and she, she looks at your cup of coffee and your cup of coffee is full. And she's like, you want me to get you a second one, hon? Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad, bad idea. Sure. No problem. Hold on. I'll be one a second. And she'll literally come back with a second cup of coffee and be like, that way, that way you got it. You don't, you don't even have to wait none. She'll kind of like bring you a second cup of coffee and put it down. So like you have a fresh cup of coffee that you're taking a sip out of Ashton and she brings you a second cup of coffee and says like, that way you ain't got a, that way you ain't got a hit bottom at all, son. You know what? Let me get you, let me get you another cup of water too. And I think she, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. She has she hasn't seen Sundry in a while, so she's again like staring at him a lot. I'll say that uh, him being sober is probably uh, more sheepish than usual. Okay. So to like continue on from this, say now. Um, I'm afraid I don't have too much more intel for you concerning this gala. All I know is this part from Romania. I mean, you know, when I think Romania, I think vampires. But I haven't got any more intel than that. Could be anything. Well, you can't be too careful these days. That's certainly true. These days and every day, it seems like. Um, he says, you're up for this, Mr. Charms? You're ready to be back in the thick of things? I'm ready, willing, and able. All right. Seems like we're all on board. Does anyone have any questions? Yeah. What was that thing that went missing or uh, that they shipped on over here? Mr. Bishop, uh, unfortunately, he was very short. He seemed as if he was um, busy at the time. Uh, he well, didn't say. What kind of museum is this? And uh, what uh, what's this gala for? So that's a great question. And this, you already know, Mr. Welker. Um, so the deal is that the... Uh, the Palm Coast Natural History Museum has a new exhibit and this they're like really promoting they're like promoting the shit out of this um, they in conjunction with the Lane Foundation have um, funded all of this research and they've got an exhibit on medieval Europe and they were able to bring in these never they said never before seen Eastern European relics um, so that's the big stuff that they're kind of promoting, but they have a lot of pictures in what they've promoted that look more like, they look like sarcophaguses, but if rather than Egyptian, if they looked like, uh, crusader-esque tomb sarcophaguses. So imagine like a cross between Egyptian sarcophagus and crusader tomb. All right, and I'll pass that on. That's the theme of the evening. Um, sort of lines up with any of our, sort of lines up with preconceived notions about trouble from Romania. So um, that's really all I've got to go on. 
I thought sarcophagi were more like uh, mummies. You know, that's a common misconception. I thought vampires were in a coffin. Uh, Darkblade, what do you say about all this? If you're, I mean, thinking about Bram Stoker's Dracula, sure, he needs a coffin. But there's a lot of different ideas of what vampires are and what they can do. Well, uh, I suppose it couldn't hurt to, and he like sheepishly suggests, like, we could bring wooden stakes. Yep, and um, I'll go to I'll go to the grocery store and get some garlic. Maybe we could all get baptized. So I'm pretty sure shooting it in the face will uh, cure it as well. But it can't hurt in case we're uh, otherwise bound for help. Okay, but if things go wrong. Okay, you're right. That's an interesting question. Do you have to be a believer for holy water to be an effective uh, weapon? So this is so this is some of the conversation that you guys are having. So um, you have like a Pascal's wager situation here, I think. So yeah, so you guys, you have all of you have um, invitations. Let me rephrase this. Mr. Welker has four invitations for this gala. They are not labeled to anyone, but they're just like, here's an invitation. Oh, but I'm supposed to bring my wife. Is it like a plus one situation? You you were initially given two, and then when you were told about that, like, can your team get blah, 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 you were given two additional tickets. Oh, so I no longer can bring her. Um, You know what? You did well on that. You can. Um, you, How many tickets do you want? Eight. Let's bring a private army. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can, yeah, you've got, you've got, everybody has a ticket and a plus one. There you go. So every, every, there are, it's literally like you've got a ticket and this ticket says this person and a plus one. Like this, it, this ticket uh, is good for one person and a guest. All right. He'll look around the table and says, can I expect you all to be coming on, on the arms of any lovely companions or will you be alone? And we see that as uh, Mr. Welker, like literally passes out these tickets to you guys. And the tickets I feel are, they're more, f- they're not quite the like, sporting event esque tickets. But they're closer to that, where they're like a little bit more formalized than you would expect. And is this at that same museum? Yep, the Palm Coast Museum, which is only like a block or two away from Ashton's apartment. Yeah, so I think this is when Ashton uh, brings us up to Mr. Rolker. Just, um, hey, you know, someone from this place was uh, knocking on my door at all hours of the, the morning, trying to uh, track someone down or something. Have we, uh, maybe looking at Darkblade, have we looked into these people? He's, um, playing with a fidget spinner, spinning in his hand. <laughs> he has a fidget backpack, actually, that's just going in circles around on his back. Yeah. He has a little bit of spittle that's, like, kind of, it's, um, it's, it's dripping off of his chin. Uh, well, looking back to Mr. Welker, he's like, yeah, I mean, this guy seemed, uh, Pretty intense, I guess. Well, so, uh, sorry, you had a a museum employee asking you where somebody was? Yeah, just some, um, I guess just one of these missing homeless people that that is in that same neighborhood. But he seemed pretty, uh, I don't know, aggressive with his tactics. And this is probably a way more maybe paranoid sounding than Ashton's ever been. And he's again, like, Ashton, yeah. looks, Ashton looks rough. Like he looks pallid. He looks yeah. kind of tired. So was this guy canvassing the neighborhood or was he asking you specifically? Well, um, I don't know, but he seemed to have a, he knew that I knew this, this particular person, which seems uh, pretty suspicious to me. I don't know if there's any, rivals that Lorcor could have, but especially if yeah, I I don't know. It just seemed pretty fishy to me. I don't I didn't like it. 
Well, maybe he'd seen you in his company before. Um, do you know what happened to this person? Well, you know, I try not to judge, but this this person's had some, uh, I guess, a rough life. He last time I saw him, he uh, he actually well, attacked me. Well, actually, what's this person's? What's the name that you and Reagan, having seen this guy in the cat T-shirt? What's the name that you guys use for him? It might be his name. It might be the name he told you. It might be the like the nickname you guys came up with him. Came up. Yeah, with we call him. We call him Cat Guy, but he's always been uh, um, completely just friendly and nice. But I don't know. He must have uh, had some, especially with the weather and everything going on. He's probably had some a rough couple of weeks. And last time he was a uh, also pretty upset. But I don't know. He's not the one knocking on my door at all hours of the night. Well, I it sounds like if you're in a position to do some good for the community, Mr. Green, I'm sure you you know what's good, what to do if it's right. It doesn't seem like something. Uh, this is something that we can do for you. Well, I'm just saying. I I think it was suspicious that, I mean. Not too long after I became junior regional project manager of the entire South region, he's knocking on my door. I just don't like this, you know. It seems pretty fishy to me. I don't, I don't like these. Uh, I don't know. These just, just rub me the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sort of Maybe like some it. upstart trying looking at uh, the prize that Lorcor has. Well, I these, assure you, these DMs just looking after every dollar and cent. Oh well, uh, you know what, Mister Green? Um, I'll raise an inquiry about it. See if there's anything, um, anything we need to be worried about. Well, yeah, I was thinking, especially if um, Darkplate, if you could look up anything about the history of this place. I don't know, or maybe this person in particular. He, he gave me his name. Here's his card, but. Uh, no, no. Just uh, oh. seemed pretty suspicious to me. I thought I should bring uh, the four-inch uh, spittle. Is now sucked entirely back up. <laughs> in dark blades through his facial hair and a uh, patchy beard into his mouth. <laughs> Chokes on it. Drops the fidget spinner and says, "Oh, I've, I'm on it. I'm looking right into it." Um, uh, I'm saying maybe it's like a montage of everyone getting ready for the gala. Like uh, normally we'd have a montage of everyone like uh, arming up and putting on their body armor and everyone getting their shotguns and trench coats on. But like this time it's like the same music and same, same sort of pace of shots, but it's like people putting on their different conceptions of what they think of as uh, fine attire. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode includes Ten to It by Osiris Saline and Sundry Song, New Town Lane. Music by Ron Ernest and lyrics by Austin Smith and Alex Ernest. Additional voices for this episode included Steve Arthur as Shane Meridu and Alex Ernest as Anastasia Ruiz Johnson. Join us next time on this American Dice presents this American monster. Like that kind of deal when they come back from commercial break. And oh, Big McLarge huge is usable. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you monster. No. This is Shane Meridu and the award winning Channel 5 news team in. Okay. All right. Yes. Don't tell me we haven't won any awards. I, I looked it up. No, you're wrong. Don't you remember last year that thing from the women's club? Ha <laughs> ha.
Don't tell me. Been doing this since you were pooping mustard.